you really coming this time? I cannot be the only mom that's ever missed a game before. Billy's mom missed it last week. Okay. But his dad came instead. How'd you like some company for Christmas? Where are you thinking of going? Louisiana, right south of Baton Rouge on the bayou. God, that sounds horrible. It's home. There's no snow. One thing I didn't miss about Louisiana was the heat. Who are you? Grandma, it's me, Zach. You cannot possibly be my baby grandson. Cat Phillips? I didn't even recognize you. You look incredible. Remember when you used to work here on Saturdays? Of course I do. I could use some help now. Christmas rush is coming, you know, <laughs> any day now. Why is everybody smiling like that? Because scowling is very unsouthern. Hey, Mom, I know you're here. Yeah. You want something to drink? Can I please have some hot chocolate? Because I know that you don't come from here. You wouldn't happen to be free next Tuesday, would you? I think he's uh, about to ask you out. I was, actually. Okay. I'm leaving right after Christmas. I don't want it to get weird. I know, but just every time I see it. Maybe it's better if we don't see each other then. Well, it's kind of a small town. All right, I won't go where you go, and you just don't go where I go, starting with this store. All right, what about the hardware? That's all yours. The diner, you know I'm a sucker for Julie's Beach Cop? Yours. If I get the store, that seems like a fair trade. Honey, it's just a date. I think it'd be good for you. I'm not interested in what's good for me, just what's good for Zach. He says you can't have both. Please give me the phone. Come on, be a grown-up. Be a grown-up! Well, sometimes we want things we can't get, so we go to other things that make us happy. That's what I really want for Christmas. I want more of you. He was exactly the right thing at exactly the right time. All right, one, two. Oh, Christmas. I'm Santa Claus. Of course he's Santa Claus. He's Ed Asner in a Christmas movie playing a character named Nick. Hi, everybody. It is another stocking stuffer. This one, ah, ooh, twist, 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 comes courtesy of the Lifetime Network, not Hallmark. So there, they're not all made for Hallmark. Only 89% of them are. Now, Christmas on the Bayou, 2013. So uh, four years old, which means it's kind of expired, if you will, now, if we're going by the rate at which these movies are made. Directed by Leslie Hope, not to be confused with Leslie Nope, although that would probably be a better movie. Uh, Leslie Hope is a actress who's been in a lot of stuff, nothing that I recognized, but um, hey, good for females behind the camera. For this not-Hallmark Christmas movie, Christmas on the Bayou. Uh, as you heard from the trailer, it was an extended trailer, because see, with Hallmark, they're only like, you know, these like 30-second trailers, which is really all you need to tell the story of the movie. You really only need 30 seconds for this one, too, but we get the extended special edition two-minute version. Catherine, or Cat, as uh, everybody down south calls her, played by Hilary Burton, who is in a lot of stuff. Um, she, I guess was One Tree Hill was her big thing. You'd... <laughs> Unfortunately, now she's probably not best known, but maybe kind of known for being the woman who pointed out that about 10 years ago or 20 years ago, Ben Affleck groped her um, on Total Request Live. So yay, Hillary Burton. Um, ben Affleck's a piece of shit. Anyway, Cat uh, is a marketing executive in New York. Of course she is. 
And of course, it's New York. We're going to get to that in a moment. So Kat is a busy career woman, single mother, um, raising a kid named Zach who is insufferable and decides uh, she's kind of stressed out and maybe need, 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 maybe needs to spend some time with her son. So she uses her vacation and gets in a car and drives to Louisiana. Let's pause everything to talk about that. Um, New York to Louisiana is a pretty far distance. And if you are driving her SUV, of course, not SVU, SUV, because everybody in New York owns an SUV, and they drive to Baton Rouge or a town outside of Baton Rouge. That's a really long drive for one driver to make. Um, when her vacation time is limited, it seems really bizarre that she would choose to drive and not just book a flight because clearly she's pretty wealthy and owns like a two-story apartment, um, which doesn't make any sense in New York City. Uh, and then later in the movie, when she decides to go back to New York, she tells her boss, I can be there tomorrow. Oh, can you? Do you have a magical back channel wormhole that I don't know about that can get you from Louisiana to New York with one person driving in one day? Uh, there is magic in this movie later. Maybe some of that is also used to drive eastward. Maybe you can drive faster. I don't know. But so she goes to Baton Rouge or outside of Baton Rouge where her mother lives. Her mother is played by Marky Post of Night Court and she is delightful. Uh, her mother owns this beautiful mansion on the you know whatever louisiana or mississippi river basically um and cat kind of just spends some time there of course she reconnects with her love interest from way on past the movie does this very odd thing where they set up like a prologue in the beginning where at the town has like a christmas festival every year and um, when she was about 12 years old, like, Kat and this guy almost kissed, but they didn't. And apparently that changed everything. Oddly enough, the girl who plays young Kat in that opening has, like, the bluest blue eyes and Hillary Burton has brown eyes. So for all we know, it was a totally unrelated flashback because that could not have been the same character. I digress. Um, she reconnects with her boyfriend from past. And her son really likes it there because he befriends the local hermit, Nick, played by Ed Asner. Uh, who is also Santa Claus, because, obviously, uh, the kid does, like, a town pageant play and gains confidence and loves where he is. Cat has a moment of realizing, my son needs me, and I can be more of that here. She, earlier in the film, had um, kind of rediscovered, like, the local town store uh, where the shop owner keeps trying to get her to come work for him. So at the end of the movie, she decides, screw it, even though I just got the promotion I was gunning for, I am going to throw that away. I am going to quit my job. I am going to buy this struggling, like, ornament general store in the middle of nowhere and live here with my park ranger boyfriend from 20 years ago. That is Christmas on the Bayou. Now, is it a delightful movie? Is it a terrible movie? We're going to get to that part at the end of the review. But as you know, before we delve into that, we really need to talk about the tenets of A Cozy Cardigan Christmas and whether this qualifies. So even though it is made for lifetime, we're still going to give it the full hallmark treatment. Now, as we know, number one, the first thing we need in these movies is our lead in need of a lesson. Uh, and this one is payday on that. Uh, a typical C-list former TV actress, yes, 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 Hillary Burton, 
um, playing an ambitious woman. And I'm not going to lie, the reason I recorded this, sometimes when I'm like flipping through, um, you know, the cable listings to figure out like, does is this movie going to be worth me watching? And as soon as the little tiny one sentence synopsis said, a busy New York City marketing executive, I had to press record. Now, um, What's really great about her busy marketing executiveness is that she's fucking terrible at her job. We get one scene of her um, getting to the office to give a presentation. First of all, she's running late, which if you're giving like a pretty important presentation, you should probably have planned things a little better. She gets to the office. She's in a meeting with her boss and with a client, and she's showing him a PowerPoint presentation. And um, on, you know, at the slide of the PowerPoint presentation where it's supposed to be about, um, you know, what the client needs, all of a sudden it's a video that her kid recorded of himself saying, Mom, I want an iPad for Christmas. And like that's just in the PowerPoint video. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Something happened. I ran out of data. My son, blah, blah, blah. That's not like you're and oh, and then after fucking up, she's like, oh, and I have to go pick him up from soccer practice. Now, I am not saying anything about working mothers. I get it. If you're a single mom and you are playing both the part of mother and father and breadwinner, that's really tough. And yeah, you are constantly making decisions between your career and, you know, making sure you see your son uh, score that winning goal. But she handles this terribly. And the movie is supposed to make her seem like a shark in New York. So... Like, I've given PowerPoint presentations, and when I have to give an important PowerPoint presentation, you know what I do? I check it, like, five times before I have to then plug it into, like, the final system to make sure everything saved properly, my images came out okay, oh, all the slides are in there, I didn't accidentally oversave a version, it's playing right, everything's displaying correctly. Like, and then you get to, okay, now this is where I'm giving my presentation, let me just make sure, slides are in order, great, okay, everything's good. This woman clearly did none of that. So what the hell? Uh, does she, but don't worry, she's going to learn a lesson. Um, once she gets to the bayou, suddenly she cares about her job again. And like the whole time she's, you know, on her computer and her phone constantly. And everybody's telling her to stop doing that kind of thing. Uh, and there is even a moment where her son and love interest play keep away with her phone like they're literally throwing it back and forth joking about like ah you can't work woman yeah a little problematic now number two is of course our setting which this one hits the two important ones which is the big bad city and the charming small town yes i did like so many fist pumps because this was exactly what we need in these kinds of movies um this movie, uh, after our prologue, it opens, the credits roll over establishing shots of New York City. It's snowing, there are people ice skating, because that's New York City in winter, everybody. And then the movie does the best thing of, like, only using interior shots of places that just wouldn't ever be in New York. Like, when she walks into her big office building, you could just see, like, from the inside looking out that there's, like, a parking lot. Like, that's not a New York City office. Um... Then later, there is an exterior shot. So her apartment, which, again, like, they don't show much of. They show enough to where when she opens the door, you see the camera reflection of what looks like a staircase. It might have been a boom mic. I think it was a staircase. Again, you're never going to have that in a New York apartment that she's going to live in. Uh, they do a cute thing where they film from her outside her window and show her inside. And it's, of course, like, snowing, these big, beautiful, clean snowdrops. And um, her building is like white brick. No, none of that is in New York. Um, then, as I said earlier, she drives 
to Louisiana, which is a whole other podcast in itself about the wormhole reality of these movies. You could, you could really do a whole study on that. Um, but so she gets to, I think the town is, uh, I didn't actually write it down, St. Martinsburg, Mart, Mart, something like that. Uh, I think it is actually a real town. And um, when I looked up the filming on IMDb, it is filmed in the town that they call it. So good on this movie. As we know from The Last Exorcist 2 and like every other horror movie that's been made in the last 10 years, Louisiana has really good tax breaks on the film industry. So I would not be surprised if I start noticing more and more um, of these Hallmark and Lifetime movies filmed in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, it's interesting enough to have a different setting. Like you do get to see the swamp and you get to, you know, see the trees are a little different. And then you get to um, hear that uh, the director must have said to her sound guy, uh, or girl, so um, we're in Louisiana, can you just make sure every time we're outside, it sounds like Louisiana? I don't know what that means. Just like, give me frogs, give me crickets, give me crawdads, give me whatever is there. And so every single time characters are outside, you almost need to put the subtitles on to hear them. Because the sounds of ribbit, ribbit, and like that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like an actual frog. It sounds like somebody dug up a um, cassette tape of like sounds of the bayou and just plays it on loop. So you get all of these, um, this background noise that's a little obnoxious, except it's kind of charming because like I feel like they were really trying to use it to establish where we are. Um, if that's not enough, we also get, as you heard in the trailer, such lines as scowling is very unsouthern. And yes, everybody knows everybody's name and everybody smiles at each other because apparently nobody does that in New York, which is bullshit because they do. Uh, and the other great part about how like this town is so backwater, the um, town shop owner, who I'm going to get to a little later, I think that's Randy Travis, who I guess is like a country singer or something. I don't think he's an actor. I'm just guessing from watching this movie that acting is not his first strength. Um, but at one point, like his, his business is clearly failing and uh, Kat decides, well, hey, I'm a marketing executive. I know how to fix this. We just need to get you a website and, you know, use the internet for your business. We're going to tweet out specials and, you know, just use social media to really build your company up. And the manager says things like, you're using words I don't know. Yep, guys, welcome to the South. Up next is, of course, the bland love interest. Uh, now, this one is, again, um, we're going the route of the hometown boy who stayed behind and um, ended up in a career that involves manual labor or, you know, physical manliness. And so Caleb, who isn't particularly manly in appearance like he's very slim and um not my type but uh he's of course the character who has just been waiting there apparently for the last 15 years for her to come back uh and he is a ranger i don't know if he's like the town ranger or a park ranger exactly what that means but he's a ranger which means he drives a truck and which means um he can decorate things with Christmas lights, which of course he does. He also befriends Zach, um, like really quickly to where like Zach's new best friend is this guy. And it's a little unsettling just, and I mean, I'm going to get to the more unsettling aspect of this movie. I hate to say it, but you could, if you wanted to 
if you were like a really negative person, you could view Christmas on the Bayou um, from really a really dark place. Uh, and Caleb's relationship seems fine and perfectly innocent. It's nice to see a guy bonding with a kid. That's great. Um, but it's just like very quickly where you're like, dude, do you have any of your own friends? Or is this 10 year old now the best thing that ever happened to you? Moving on to number four is the montage. I don't know if I just took bad notes, but I did not catch a montage in this movie. I mean, there's a little bit of her driving cross country to Louisiana in, you know, two hours um, where you see outside the window. But honestly, like there wasn't really a montage. Uh, When she makes over the general store with, you know, the internet, we get like a snippet of here's the website and now people are coming in. Wow. But I, I mean, again, I'm baffled and angry that there was no official montage in this movie. Uh, number five, however, dead parents. Fuck yeah, we get one. Um, now, Kat is divorced, and apparently the husband, like, left and walked off. So for all he know, we know he's dead. We don't know. But more importantly, um, her mother is no longer married. Uh, or not that she's no longer married, but her mother's alone. And we like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait for it, wait for it. Please be dead. Please be dead. And sure enough, when Kat asked her mother, have you been dating? Have you seen anyone? She says, well, just nobody could ever measure up to your father. So, um, Mr. Marky Post is no more in this movie. Um, and then that kind of gets to something that's set up that isn't paid off, which you're kind of thinking there's going to be a romance between Marky Post and Randy Travis, who I looked up. And, um, yes, he is primarily a country singer. Um, and according to IMDb, this is a very important bit of trivia about him. He dropped out of school in the ninth grade. And after that, fast cars, drinking, and drugs led to a series of scrapes with the law. I really hope one day somebody can say that about me. Uh, other than the dropped out of school at ninth grade, because that doesn't quite work as well. But... Uh, point being, there's like a little bit of hinting at, ooh, maybe they like each other. Though they never share a scene together. It's just sort of mentioned. Um, my husband had a really dark theory that uh, Randy Travis um, maybe did things to Hillary Burton when she worked at the store as a teenager because there just seemed to be a, a strange energy between them. Um, like I said, you could watch this movie with a really dark gaze and get something weird out of it if you so choose uh, moving on to number six the sassy sidekick uh marky post kind of also fills this role and i say this primarily because she does wear giant earrings that are that are round christmas ornaments i feel like that then is enough uh but just to add a little bit of a you know a pinch of cinnamon on the whole thing um, we have the best character in the movie, and that is a, a young girl who is neighbors to um, Marky Post, so therefore neighbors to everybody else in this movie. And she is a little girl. Her name is Sienna, Sienna, and she is sassy as fuck, and just like just comes in the movie and is just really cute and really energetic and um kind of at first is a little bit teasing of zach of him being like a new york kid but then later is nice to him when everybody else is making fun of him because he wants to audition for the school play but is too nervous to um 
I really wanted her to have a bigger part and wanted her to have an arc. Uh, she didn't. But I will say this little actress, Ariana something, Ariana Neal, she was also in Hidden Figures, apparently. Um, she was a delight. And I wish the movie had more of her. Now, number seven, the evil woman character. We do not get, unfortunately... Often we don't when the lead actress is the mar- is the um, career woman because she kind of serves that part. So we're lacking an evil woman. <laughs> if you, again, want to give a half point, Cat's uh, boss is um, very ambitious and very Jewish. And the movie seems to make a point about that. So I don't know if like a Jewish man is half the point of, a, of an evil woman. I'm going to say yes. Number eight, Slapstick. Uh, we get, again, I, I kind of lump slapstick. I pair it with, um, a city woman having to do country things or, you know, softer motherly things like baking. So, um, we, we do get one moment of the kid falling into a swamp. So that's kind of, but um bump banana peel but we also get cat coming home from the grocery store and telling her mother who's about to bake christmas stuff oh they didn't have baking soda so i got baking powder that's the same thing right and of course you know the women watching this movie go oh, no it's not uh and marky post just kind of says something to the effect of i i don't know how i raised you or you know i failed as a parent number nine our sage old person jackpot uh Although, again, this is going to lead to a dark place. First, let's say that Marky Post kind of fills this part. She does dole out some wisdom. Um, she has a line, which I think is quite interesting when you think about it. You can't chase happiness. You have to find it where you are. Now, she's saying this to her daughter, who's now in Louisiana. Like, So it kind of makes you think, like, oh, so should she go back to New York and find happiness? Because that's where she was. But I guess that's not what she meant, but that's how I interpreted it. The real sage old person of this movie, guys, as you might guess, is Ed Asner. Um, Ed Asner plays, uh, like I said, sort of this old man hermit that lives close by. And at first I thought he was supposed to be imaginary or dead because the way, like, nobody really is ever, you know, nobody other than the kid is ever really in a scene with him. So it kind of felt like, oh, you're going to find out at the end that, like, Nick's been dead for 20 years type thing. Uh, But no, he's just a weird old man who um, carves things and I guess lives off the land or something. And once a year, he plays uh, the part of Papa Noel, which is the Louisiana form of Santa Claus. Uh, And earlier in the film, Zach had established that he no longer believes in Santa Claus because he didn't get what he wanted for Christmas last year, which wasn't an iPad then, but it was more time with his mom. And so now this year he wants an iPad and he like knows he's not getting that because apparently they're all sold out. Um, And so Ed Asner is sort of uh, like kind of... there and he's supporting the kid and he's like it really their scenes are sweet it's like here's an old man old lonely man here's a little boy and the old man is like making him hot cocoa and stuff but you could also look at this as um okay part of it is ed asner is doing a cajun accent and um no offense by any means to older white men who are cajun but um It ends up sounding a little bit like either Ed Asner had a stroke shortly before filming this movie uh, or that um, 
there's something really fucking creepy about his character in this movie. Uh, the way he, some of his lines, out of context, include such things as, the children of this town used to come here and play with me all the time, but they don't anymore. Oh, gee, I wonder why. There's a lot of reasons, and some of them might be, like I said, really dark. If you have recently seen the Law and Order SVU episode guest starring Ed Asner as, like, a really awful child molester, that might have been in your head, in the back of your head, while you were watching this movie. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Maybe that's why I had a hard time. Um, if your Ed Asner is, uh, if your Ed Asner Santa Claus is Edward Asner in Elf, then just pretend it's, it's him as a Southerner. Or as a specifically Cajun Southerner, because I feel like there's a big difference. Um... But I'm just saying, there is a way to watch this uh, with a different filter, and it ends up being a very different movie. Um, now, but number 10, uh, thankfully, we, we got one of these jackpots for number 9 and 10 Connect, which is like my favorite kind of these movies, when your sage old person is indeed Santa Claus. Now, again, we can call him Papa Noel, because that's what the movie does, but he has magical abilities in that he is able to like magically summon hot chocolate that's kind of cool um he like knows things that no hermit living in a hut should like you know the fact that zach wrote a letter to santa claus in green construction paper last year unless maybe he's been stalking this family for the last 20 years i don't know I'm not saying he wasn't. Um, the movie says he's Santa Claus, but he doesn't really do anything that magical when you really think about it. So um, it, it's a, like you get the point for it, but it makes you wonder, I guess. So this one does get, I think, um, eight out of ten or eight and a half out of ten since my evil woman was actually not quite an evil woman. But we make it up with bonuses. Um, public domain holiday song. I will say one good thing about this movie is it is called Christmas on the Bayou. And there is, I mean, I'm saying this, like, I love good Bayou music. And this movie doesn't really have any, but it has, like, okay, like, it has hints of it. So it, again, seems like the same guy, maybe it was the same guy in the sound department who was, like, making frog noises to give background. He might have also, like, found whatever public domain, um, like Cajun Zydeco music he could and sort of like sprinkled it in where he was able to. Uh, we also get every holiday song you know that is free to use, including many versions of Up on a Housetop. I guess there is a Cajun reinterpretation of it with Papa Noel and Ed Asner sings it uh, awkwardly early in the film and then the little kid sings it even more awkwardly later in the film and it's kind of painful but it's there product placement I didn't catch any although there's a lot of talk about tablets but I don't think they're talking about a specific one or if they were it's probably been discontinued since this movie came out four years ago cloying child oh my god I hated this kid not quite as much as um some of the others I think the sweetest Christmas kid was worse no maybe not because this kid was so whiny and he just wanted his iPad and he wanted his mother and he was awful and everybody else was nice to him and ugh. um there's a moment early in the film when he's like first in Louisiana and he's unsupervised and um my husband walks by and he's watching it and he's like oh my god he's he's gonna get eaten by, get eaten by an alligator please get eaten by an alligator and the entire film I kind of convinced myself that he was going to get eaten by an alligator spoiler alert he does not get eaten by an alligator and the movie is worse for it 
bonus of ice skating we actually do in the opening um, montage of stock photos of New York we do see an ice rink uh, in this case the main Christmas ism isn't ice skating but Christmas tree lighting and we even get a Christmas tree boat lighting or Christmas boat lighting so there Canadianisms no since it's filmed in Louisiana but we do have a Canadian directing the film so I feel like that's a quarter point anyway and our last bonus is if we had a character with a Christmassy name and um, from the opening credits where we saw Ed Asner as Nick, I said this is going to be a winner. Um, Christmas on the Bayou is kind of a winner. I'm not going to lie. This was by far uh, not the worst of these Christmas movies. Of the ones I've watched this year, and this is the third one, um, easily my favorite of the bunch where it's the most tolerable uh hillary burton is good she's okay um she's clearly like she i guess has enough presence where she can hold this movie she's not that interesting her character's not that interesting her character's kind of up and down so it's hard to probably find a footing in there um but she's fine i think she's likable i could see why she does a lot of these movies because i think she um, can clearly hold the screen for what she needs to do. Um, I mean, as as much as I think he might be a child killer, Ed Asner is in this movie, and he's never a bad thing, even if I can't understand most of what he says in the movie. Uh, the kid's awful. The love interest is bland, but I've seen worse. Um, and Marky Post is is cute, and it's nice to see her in this movie. And she's, she's very warm in it, and I think that helps. Uh, having it set in Louisiana helps the movie quite a bit. It, it doesn't look like every other one of these movies and all these movies tend to look like they're filmed on the back lot of an LA studio or somewhere in Canada uh, this one does have some personality in its setting not much but a modicum if you will uh, so there's things to like about it when I looked at IMDb and was kind of randomly looking at some things about it um, my eyeballs did fall out of my head when I saw that the estimated budget was 18 million dollars I don't know if that was a typo. It seems like it must have been. Um, once I saw that, I was waiting the entire movie for like a face morph or something crazy to happen. Nothing does. Uh, I have to believe that was just a mistake on IMDb's part because I can't possibly fathom what would cost that much to make this movie. Um, I mean, how I'm saying this, I don't know, maybe Ed Asner as a Santa Claus-esque character goes a long way following Elf. I could be wrong. Uh, it's, again, this is Lifetime, not Hallmark, and it does feel slightly less very specifically formulaic than Hallmark. It's still a lightweight, nothing story about a career woman who finds out it's better to stay in a small town. Uh, but in fairness, she doesn't, like, quit working altogether. She ends up uh, buying part of the general store so that she can help run it and like make it a success and while staying in this place where her son is very happy. So again, like there's some good messages to it. Everybody ends up happy. There's nothing um, awful about the characters. There's more diversity in this film than you usually find in any of these Christmas movies. So again, um, like kind of a like a genuine like yeah this one wasn't that bad recommendation for people that watch these uh that was christmas on the bayou of course we'll be back with more please keep 
whatever you do to make get through this keep you know ration those candy canes because we've got a long way to go folks merry christmas Let's go and get Nero and push Paul down the mile. I want to see the Christmas tree dance up there, Dodo. Have a big time and cut a shine where all will be gale. Oh, Santa Claus will come tonight down on the pile. A pile where we'll bring bells and all will be gale. I'm going to be at the Christmas tree with my Michelle Reveal. So ring the chimes, it's Christmas time and pick the old band. Oh, pa-